Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Neil Howard. Thank you so much for joining us for another segment of Health Professional Radio. In this segment, we'll be speaking with Dr. Mary O'Connor. She's joining us here as chair of the Movement is Life Board of Directors and co-founder and chief medical officer of Vori Health. She's going to talk about Movement of Life and their mission. Welcome to Health Professional Radio, Dr. Mary O'Connor. Thank you so much for taking the time this evening. Neil, I am delighted to be with you and your listeners. Thank you. Well, give us a little bit of background on Movement is Life. What is it and what is its mission and vision? I'm delighted to. Movement is Life is a multidisciplinary coalition of stakeholders, and we're committed to advancing health equity, particularly musculoskeletal health equity. Neil, we were formed back in 2010 with generous financial support from Zimmer Biomet, which is one of the leading orthopedic implant companies. And then we became a nonprofit this year in 2022. And we know that the burden of joint pain or musculoskeletal conditions is much higher for women and individuals of color and those who live in rural America. And the, the issue is really that that immobility due to joint pain leads to the development of obesity and then heart disease, diabetes, high blood pressure, and depression. So really the key to improving health in our communities and our nation is movement. Is there, is there something particular to musculoskeletal issues with women and communities of color? Or is this something that is just another uh, inequity across the board in the medical community? Well, of course, the disparities are very broad, but in particular, women and individuals of color and in rural America are more likely to get trapped in what we call the vicious cycle, where they develop joint pain, which leads to immobility, and then that the, that in turn puts more pressure on their joints, so they have more pain. But with that immobility and obesity come the development of those other serious comorbidities like heart disease, depression, diabetes. Now, anyone can get trapped in that medical vicious cycle, an affluent white male CEO. But we know that women, individuals, individuals of color and those in rural America are more likely to get trapped because surrounding that are the social determinants of health. Mm. And, and so those that are living in neighborhoods where it's unsafe for them to walk or they're in a food desert, for example, or working two jobs to try and make ends meet and put food on the table, right? They're challenged in terms of having a, a more healthy level of physical activity. And then, of course, surrounding those social determinants are public and private policies, which unfortunately, we know that there are policies that actually promote disparities, such as bundled payment policies for hip and knee replacements, which uh, was an area of my particular clinical practice. And these are systemic issues, Neil, and this is where systemic discrimination and racism is really real because these bundled payment models promote cherry picking of healthy patients and lemon dropping of unhealthy patients. And those unhealthy patients tend to be women, individuals of color, and those in rural America because they are typically more obese and with higher comorbidities. Would you say that these attitudes exist more so in the political arena or in the medical community? You mentioned policies. Are we talking policies within individual institutions or within uh, the government as they apply to the healthcare industry? You know, that is a great question. And unfortunately, we see these policies in both fronts. 
So I mentioned uh, the payment policy. So just this summer, um, the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Innovation came out and finally acknowledged the concern that many of us in the health equity space have had for several years, which is that these bundled payments are actually promoting disparities because they are incentivizing surgeons and hospitals to select healthier patients for these surgeries. Um, But we also know that in certain practices, and I'll just use orthopedics and joint replacement uh, surgery, that groups will have cutoffs, artificial cutoffs that say, if your BMI exceeds a certain level, I'm not going to offer you joint replacement surgery, even though you're very symptomatic. Let's say your knee or hip joint is just extremely arthritic and that the, the surgery has a high likelihood of benefiting you. But there are cutoffs that practices have established uh, that then disadvantage, right, those populations where those levels of obesity are more common. Mm. And, you know, I, I have to say that we do a very good job of telling patients what they need to do, and we don't do a very good job of helping them find the support that they need to make those behavior changes. Now, I understand that you recently secured nonprofit status. What does this mean for the organization as a whole, and how do you seek to change this health inequity? It seems to be a daunting task with many, many challenges in order to change the the hearts and minds of those in power. Oh, Neil, that is, you've asked me several questions. I'll I'll try and tackle them one at a time. Yes, it's a very exciting time for Movement is Life because we are now a nonprofit. And as a nonprofit, we're going to be able to partner with others who are nonprofits in the health equity space, apply for grants to support our programs and accept donations, activities which we could not do when we were under a corporate umbrella. So it is really a very exciting time for us. And I I really have to acknowledge that Zimmer Biomet has been amazing, and they're continuing to support our work through their Zimmer Biomet Foundation. So that's uh, our growing up, so to speak, that we're now a nonprofit. And in terms of how we need to address these, we need to address these disparities on multiple levels. So we look at impacting policy. And several years ago, we worked with the late great Congressman John Lewis, who introduced the Equality in Medicare and Medicaid Treatment Act. That legislation has now been picked up and reintroduced in Congress by Senator Cory Booker and Representative Terry Sewell. And what that legislation does is it addresses what I believe is an unintended consequence of the Affordable Care Act when the Affordable Care Act created the uh, Center for Medicare and Medicaid Innovation's ability to create new payment models. And in the original leg- in the legislation, those payment models could be created without congressional oversight, hmm. as long as the model was uh, predicted to improve quality at the same or lower cost. And this legislation that's now been in- reintroduced would also require CMMI to include an analysis as to whether these new payment models would impact disparities. Um, and access in a negative way. So that is very important legislation um, to be passed, which will, on the policy side, help mitigate the negative impact of some of these payment policies on disparities. 
Talk about the kinds of services that Movement is Life is offering for those who do have musculoskeletal ailments, and then give us a website where our listeners can learn much more. O'Neill, we have so much to offer, but I'll focus on one program in particular, which is our Operation Change program. That's a community-based program uh, for underserved women with knee pain and other comorbidities, and it's 18 weeks in duration, and the women, typically 40 to 50 women in a group, meet for three hours a week, and the first hour is focused on education, the second on movement, and the third on motivational interviewing. And we've had amazing success with this, 18% improvement in walking speed by these women over just 18 weeks. And what's probably most impressed me uh, is the 69% improvement in their sense of hopelessness. Mm. And I mean, that's just like, wow, because these these women are all depressed uh, because they're underserved and they don't have resources and they have knee pain and all these other life stressors. So, so it's really creating a community for these women where they can find the emotional support and we can give them the tools to help them make the behavior change. So those improvements, all without doctor visits, injections, medications. So getting back to promoting wellness in communities and giving individuals and communities the tools they need to make these changes, that's very important. So uh, we are... We are growing our Operation Change programs, expanding to more communities. So for those listeners that are interested, they can learn more at our website, which is www.movementislifecaucus.com. That's movementislifecaucus.com. Doctor, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us here on Health Professional Radio this evening. My pleasure, Neil. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard, in conversation with Dr. Mary O'Connor. Audio copies of this program are available at hpr.fm and healthprofessionalradio.com.au. You can also download and listen in at Anchor Spotify. And be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com, Health Professional Radio.